Welcome to the Blind Apex Podcast, where amateur club racers tune in to get faster. Con John Turk, and on this episode of the Blind Apex Podcast, we're talking Spec Miata. Yes, it's a first for our podcast. We're actually going to go class specific. Joining me to talk about Spec Miata, a kindred spirit, someone who has a passion for grassroots racing, someone who might be cheaper than Dylan. I don't know. They might have to fight it out, <laughs> pay per view, because they both need the money, I guess. Jim from No Money Motorsports. Welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I've followed your blog for a while. Um, I blame Dylan. Dylan probably mentioned it a couple of years ago. And I've always clicked around. Um, it's, it's right up my alley. It's grassroots. It's basically having fun um, from what I'm reading. And what I've read is, you know, having fun spending your money wisely, uh, trying to get fast and, uh, just, you know, having a ball racing. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I enjoy it. So what motivated <laughs> you? Yeah. What motivated you to start the, the no money motorsports.com blog? So, uh, I've basically, you know, I've always been this cheap bef- even before the block started. Uh, and I I started doing track days by volunteering with NASA Northeast. Okay. Uh, and I started doing it right after I got out of college. I had, you know, near six figures of student loan debt and was try- trying to navigate this world of this hobby I just found that is amazing uh, without having a whole bunch of side income or without having a whole bunch of income. So I started doing it cheap. I had a Miata, was doing track days without spending money. And all around me, everyone's talking about buying this and buying that and spending money on this. And I just kept doing everything cheap and it was still work. I was waiting for it to stop working uh, and it didn't, it just kept working and people come in and say, Hey, how do you do this? How do you do that? So I was, I kept on giving the same tips about come volunteer for track days, you know, do this, get a Miata, you know, don't buy an expensive car. And I realized I was giving the same tips over and over and over again to different people. So not that I didn't, wasn't happy to talk to everyone and didn't want to share it. But I was like, I need, I should probably get this info out in the broader sense. Cause if you would go, you know, at the time, everything was on forums, Facebook groups weren't super big 10 years ago. Um, so you'd read in the forums like, Oh, if you want to do a track day, you have to do this, that, this and that. And it was all wrong. It was all like pretentious. Like yeah. I spent so much money now you should too. So I created my blog kind of to combat, combat that to be like, no, you could do this cheap. Like, and, you know, people would ask me for tips and advice and I'd send them to the site. I'm like, here it is. It's well thought out. There's pictures, there's info. This is how you do this for cheap. And this is how you do that. And this is how you find these. And it's kind of just grown and grown and grown since. It it really is well thought out. Uh, just to prepare myself a little, I went back and read the Ultimate Spec Miata Handbook for Budget Racers. And I was like, oh, he, convert you, man. he should, no, <laughs> God, no, no, <laughs> uh, but, but you're, you're writing. I was like, ah, he, he should really write a book, like, like a table book or something. I don't know. I was like, wow. Yeah. He, oh man. I wish my seventh grade English teacher could it. see it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Thanks. <laughs> I was like, oh, my high school English teacher would be really proud of this guy. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, some of these posts took 
a couple hours to write. Some of the real bigger, like, Keystone ones, oh, man, I've been writing a couple posts for years. Oh, wow. Some, some will never see the light of day, but you're just always kind of tweaking them and working on them until you're my little babies almost. So, so I come... I compare blogs to early, not even early, even today, to like magazine or or newspapers, right? It's written word. It's sort of, it's there forever, right? I mean, until you stop paying your domain name and hosting services, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and then the ads change. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, the... And in, in podcasting is basically, in my opinion, like AM radio. So, <laughs> see, I'm the other, I'm the opposite direction. I think I feel like podcasting is more the future. I feel like the blog is kind of a dying art, but as old as I am, I'm not a giant fan of the. I mean, podcasts I do like, but I feel like everything now is moving to like YouTube and video, and I'm not a huge fan of that. And I'm too nervous to try podcasting myself, so I'm like, I'm gonna stick with the blog because I can do that on the couch quietly next to my wife. <laughs> Whereas like uh podcasts, it's, it's a lot more work. It's too much to learn for me. So I'll stick uh, well, to my old ways. When you, when you decide to podcast, hit me up. I'll, I'll tell you the easy way to do it. Um, I don't, yeah. Outside nice. of scheduling time, it's not that drastic. Uh, All right. You make a couple budget yeah. purchases and then you'll be fine. Uh, yeah. Good. I'll do a blog post about it too. <laughs> <laughs> you should. I I feel you on the whole forums thing. Um, they were back in the day. It was this this sticky or that sticky. Or if you asked a question, it was like, "Did you search noob?" And then oh, now God. now we're in the Facebook era, and you you can't cleanly search, in my opinion. So it's good the to search, have. It's impressive how bad the searching is. I don't get how it's so bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Considering their their revenue is ad revenue based off your data, but when you type in a keyword, it doesn't come back with anything that's related to your keyword. I don't know how it works, but yeah. they don't want to be a search engine, so they stopped supporting it. I guess. So, yeah, that's why you did it. What what are you trying to? accomplish overall with no money motorsports the blog so it's pretty much just turned into my way of trying to spread this hobby as much as possible i uh my only regret about track days and racing in general is that i waited so long to do it um just because i always read that stuff i always read like you go to track days it's only a matter of moments until you crash and it you know you can get really hurt and if you don't have you know, thousands and thousands of dollars in gear, your life is at risk. And it's like, I get it. A lot of those things can happen, but you know, your first day at DE1, you get a decent instructor or any instructor, you're not likely going to crash. Like, so go out and try it. Like go out and do your days. You don't need to be a millionaire. I mean, it could be pretty simple. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, from there it's, yeah, right. It's it's now it's kind of cool. It's turned into a little bit of like my platform. I mean, I even do a little bit of advocating, like trying to keep our rules in good spots and like trying to get people to join Spec Miata now to kind of grow the pot. Uh, when I started racing in my region, we had I think we averaged seven cars a race. Uh, and in the last two years, I mean, averaged nineteen or twenty. The other year, last year, we averaged nineteen. We had one race with like twenty six cars. 
I mean, that's wild. Like, to go from seven to our entire... We get our own run group at Lime Rock. Like, that's something that's just... The amount of... It's so much more fun. It's it's insane. It's incredible. Yeah, and... So, it's it's kind of been that double-edged sword. <laughs> it's, it is a very popular class. Nobody can deny it. Um, you know, when everybody's, like, on the forums and on Facebook groups, what, what's the best my first best track car to get or whatever. And everybody's like me out is the answer. I hate saying that, but it's kind of true. <laughs> and I even well, hate it. Right it's there. almost <laughs> it. I, here's the thing though. This will make you happy. Then it's, it's getting tough because Miatas are getting so expensive. Like when they were 2,500 bucks for a decent car, like absolutely. Now, I'm saying that to people, but they're coming back to me saying, I can't find one for less than $5,000. Yep. Like, I know everything's gone up, but I feel like our cars have gone up kind of way more than everybody else, or maybe not way more than everybody else, but it seems like higher than the average. Um, where it's, it's tough to compete with, like, the BRZs, the FRSs are getting cheap, and our cars are so much money. Yeah, but the BRZ FRSs pre-COVID were stupid cheap. They were... They were yeah. I can I can't even tell you. Pre-COVID, the eighth gen Civic was five grand. Now it's ten grand. I'll you tell know. you what. I bought mine uh January twenty twenty. I have an eighth I have an eighth gen Civic myself as my daily. And I bought it like two months before COVID. Now I get granted I got it from a friend, but I still got a good I got a smoking deal. And the value of that car now, like yeah. oh man, it's like a <laughs> it's, it's an investment. Every, everything is up, but they call yeah. Spec Miata, Spec Pinata, and Crash Miata, and all those other names that they call it for a reason. Because <laughs> Rubin's racing in that class, that class always has big fields. I don't know how you guys only had seven. I've never, there's seven Spec Miatas in one paddock spot in my region. Like they just all cram <laughs> each other in there and. That's how they like to, to paddock, you know? Um, yeah, we're like moths on a light bulb. <laughs> you really are. You really are. They really love the yellow flag, too. So they're attracted to the yellow flags. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but so I'll tell you what, my region's pretty good, man. We don't have, we, yeah, sure, we'll have a, we'll have a bad one here and there, but we don't get a lot of yellows. I mean, I, I think we had one, we caused one full course caution last year, and that might be it selective memory and all but it has it wasn't much yeah i i'm sure our guys caused more than that but it wasn't for <laughs> for major contact it might have been a slightly early bump draft coming out of hog pen that sends somebody off to the left and then they added new walls at vir and so somebody got into it oh god i heard um but in general, this car has been raced. Maybe how long Spec Miata been a class of its own? Do you know how far back it goes? I, I, I knew it, and then I lost it at some point. I want to say like I could be wrong here, but like two thousand eight ish. So we're looking at fifteen or so years. Oh, it had to be earlier. I could be than wildly that. wrong on that. I think it's earlier. I should than that. know. It's two thousand. I've heard two thousand two is one number. That's yeah. kind of when it has a little bit of stuff started. It's it's always been simmering. It's always been there because it's it's a pretty good formula for a race car, you know. Yeah. 
So there can't be many of these cars left. They're probably all caged somewhere because (laughs) the class is super popular. Yeah. Well, compare. So here's the funny. I mean, comparing to Honda Challenge that I know you're super versed with. I mean, you guys have an unlimited supply of cars. I feel like Uh, we have minus you guys. I feel like we have more cars than anybody else. I mean, there's like 600,000 uh, Miatas sold in America between the NA and the NA or the NA and NB chassis, which are the spec Miata legal ones. So there's a lot out there and the nature of the car being like a weekend or cruisy kind of car is so many sat in garages, uh, used only during summertime, you know, used sparingly as a second and third car that a lot of them stuck around more than like a commuter civic that, you know, was used like used and used up. You know, so now we get to get them and crash them into each other. So, yeah, we we probably have more Honda Challenge probably has more chassis just f- from sheer numbers. You know, hatches, sedans, coupes, Integras. You know, yes, but you're right. We had to drive all of our cars. All of our cars were yep. everybody's commuter. So. I think Dylan's yeah, Dylan's volunteer car he's building is like a three hundred thousand mile car or something ridiculous. <laughs> you know, yeah, you don't see a lot wild. of Miatas that quite that high, not on the road anyway. Uh you, you do now. The last couple of years, you're starting to see them in the twos and the two twenties. Not three hundred thousand, but they're starting to climb. Yeah, but I, I bought my eighth gen Civic. It's a 2007. It had 165,000 miles on it, and now I'm racing it. And I just replaced the oil pump. Yeah. That's it. Nice. You just keep going. Oh, that's great. <laughs> well, no, I mean, mine's got two, 205 on it now. Oh, like, wow. And I've said, like, if, if it gets to 300, I'm going to run H2 in it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you'll have the class figured out by then. You'll, have, you'll just give me a little, here's how you make an H2 car, <laughs> and I'll just yeah. go for it. Yeah, yeah. Right, might as well. Oh. So let's cover yeah. the class. But no, the the. Go ahead. Okay. What? Well, here. So the thing that we touched on, the the spec pinata of it all, I I, I always laugh at this because we have this rep. Um, my key defense for spec pinata is like, yeah, I mean, we bring if we bring the biggest group in the paddock, if we have like fifty percent of the race cars, yeah, we're probably going to have about fifty percent of the crashes. So yeah, um, sometimes it ends up being. A lot less, actually. Probably because with our cars being spec, we're not that far apart. Like, we're always touching doors everywhere. So, being that close, really, it is rubbing his racing versus punting his racing. So, it kind of does help. Yeah. You, when we do have a big one and we have a big one, it sucks. But <laughs> You guys are so close that when you have a big one, it takes, it takes out some cars, usually. But you guys are yeah, always that, that close. They come back with door mm-hmm. donuts. There is no... <laughs> there are no pristine front and rear bumpers on these cars past the first time they roll through the tech shed every year, you know, because honestly, and you're even correct on that. Cause even in the paddock we're we're like purposely parking into each other. Yeah. yeah you guys it's like how we, it's, it's like a, it's a love tap. We, we, it is. We, we honestly do it just to see how, when we have like a new volunteer running the uh, grid, I'll just roll into other car and they'll be like, Oh no, 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 no. And I'm like, boom, <laughs> you'll see the old volunteers start laughing at the new guy freaking out. And you're like, 
It's what we do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you, you talked about the NA and the NB being the, the legal cars and we might get into something later, but so that's your basis. So they're very simple automobiles. Okay. I say that sort of tongue in cheek. No automobile is that simple, but (laughs) to build a spec Miata, you need what? I mean, yeah, you're, you're right. Not much. You can call up. There's a advanced Autosports actually sells a kit called spec Miata in a box. Okay. And it is literally, it's the suspension package that you need. It's a couple little things like a cutoff switch. Um, that's a general racing thing. Um, I have to look at it again, but it's like all the little tiny race car things. It's really, to race spec Miata, you need the suspension. Most of the other things are general race car stuff, like a seat, a cage, a back brace, the cutoff switch, now a fire system. So it's it's not a lot. You're not changing much at all. Uh, stock suspension components everywhere. You have the option now to replace certain items, like the front, they allowed us lower ball joints that are offset. Uh, to get us more camber. Um, what else is it? I mean, it's sway bars. It's really not a lot of stuff. It's stock engine, stock airbox for most of the cars, at least. Uh, there's an exhaust. There's a spec exhaust, but it's optional. You could run anything cat back, but there's a popular couple exhausts you can pick from. Mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot. So why do people pay so much money for these Miatas once they're finished being built? That's see, that's the best question. Um, there are, it's in a class this popular that's raced by so many people. It's like there's always got to be somebody trying to find that last little mod that, in like, it's going to get you one one thousandth of a second. But if you do a hundred of them, you're going to get a hundredth of a second, and that's going to be the difference between qualifying in first and fourth. So you've got people apparently blueprinting rear differentials with a Torsen that I don't believe it does anything, but they say it does. I mean, you've got people taking entire subframes of these cars, stripping them down, powder coating them. Uh, so much of the cost in, cause a, if you want a top level built spec Miata, you could spend $60,000. Get out of here. Um, yeah, honestly, you could spend more. It's incredible. What are you doing um, to that car? Most of that is, it is down to a bare tub. The whole thing is scraped all the way down. It is a full rotisserie build. It is every single bolt and nut is touched on that entire car. So it's closer to, and this sounds stupid, but it's closer to a professional like IMSA level car than a club racing car because everything is touched. Um, do you have to do any of that? Absolutely not. <laughs> Does it make the car faster? 99% of it doesn't. Uh, 99% of that goes to making it easier to work on, which is nice. Um, a little easier to get in and out of. It makes it prettier. Um, it keeps a lot of people working, I guess. Um, wow. And it, it does, it's nice because it's, it like, I, I struggled. I think about this all the time and I try and figure it out because I'm, I bought my car for like $4,000 okay. <laughs> as a built spec Miata. Um, it was a heap when I bought it. It was built in 2007 as a race car first. It had been around the world. It had a bolt-in cage that they then sleeved and welded in. Um, so it, it was. It had been around the block, and 
I did one track day in it and the cage was so compromised just by the, the nature of how they put it in the car that I hit my head so hard on the, the top bar that I blacked out. It seemed like I blacked out for a second over a curb. And I was like, ah, nope. <laughs> so I got home, cut the cage out and had my friend totally do a new cage in it. Um, but even then, my car, I'm not into it for all that much money and I'm not going to compete at the absolute top level of like a NASA champs event where there's 80 cars or like a SCCA event with like 80 cars. Um, but regionally I do great. Like I do just fine. Like third place last year in points. I wanted to like finally won for my first race last year. Um, Congratulations in a cheap car. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, people spent an engine seven to 10,000. Yes. Or seven to 9,000. A cage is the same 7,000 or five to 7,000. So, I mean, it's like these little things add up. How? You can use a regular transmission for which part? <laughs> okay. My my eighth gen Civic is probably one and a half times larger in all directions than a Miata. Probably twice as tall. My cage was built at yeah. Piper Motorsports. It did not cost mm-hmm. $7,000. Are they putting chromoly in there? I might be a little high. I mean, they could. No, I might be a little high on that number. By cage, a lot of these, um, and I haven't looked at it in a while, but what I'm hearing is a lot of these places are when you get a cage, you're not getting just the cage. They're doing every, they're doing, they're painting the whole tub. This might be down to a tub. Okay. Uh, there's little mods here and there to make the dash fit. Uh, the problem with our cars is being as small as they are to fit a cage in it. You have to do a lot of extra work. Right. Okay. Um, I can you see have that. to clearance the hard top a little bit. Yeah, you have to like notch the hard top. You have to just cut stuff out. Little things that take time. It's a lot harder to fit. I mean, if you look at how close mine is tucked up into the A pillars and everything, like it is, it's it's not like a just drop it in and go kind of cage. Yeah. So you touched on this. It's basically a stock Miata that you put a suspension on. Is everyone running Penske's now? Uh Probably seventy five percent of us. Okay, about. So it's a it's a spec Penske shock. What are the springs on there? It's let's see seven hundred and three fifty. Okay, and then. But are you allowed to change those rates, or is that a factory stock setup that you have to run? No, that's that's the uh, that is the joy of spec Miata. There is no testing springs there's no test changing shocks there's no gear ratio changes that's it we have our we have our spring rates that's what we all have okay and so basic and you said sway bars so is there there's a sway bar kit Mm -hmm. a spec miata sway bar kit right yep so technically there's two different ones so they the na cars have one kit the NB cars have a slightly larger kit. They generally are higher weight, those cars, because our minimum weights are different for right. the different years to kind of help with parity. So, yeah, two diff- there's two different sway bars. My car, which is the late NA version, is the only one where you can actually pick between two sway bars. But, yeah, that's, otherwise, I think that's the only option in our suspension. Okay. <laughs> is my car. And then you get to pick between, I don't know, I'm, I'll date myself because I don't know if Sunbelt's still around, but like a Sunbelt motor, a Rossini motor, some some jazzed up stock motor. 
It's stock. And they built it out of yeah. measuring a bunch of parts and blueprinted it, basically. <laughs> yeah, they did a whole lot of... these. So there's a couple top engine builders. Um, they all did a whole bunch of work trying to squeeze a whole lot out of this old tractor engine. It's, I mean, the great part about our engines is they're so simple. They're so underwrought that you're not, they last forever. But yeah, I mean, you're spending a whole lot of money to get about 125 horsepower. Um, now, a, a pro-built motor that's going to get you more power is 10 to 15 more than like a healthy junkyard engine, which isn't the end of the world. But it's, you know, 10 to 15 horsepower is a lot if you're trying to win a race. If you, you know, mid-pack, I ran, I just finished my sixth year of racing, uh, and it was my first year with a pro-built motor, and I went from, like, fighting for the back of the podium to fighting more towards the front end of the podium, even as the class grew. So it made, you know, 10 to 15 horsepower makes that difference. I mean, when you're talking 120 horsepower, 10 horsepower, 15 horsepower is almost 10%. Yeah, Seven and a half percent is kind of a big deal. Yep. It's a huge deal. <laughs> <laughs> so then, the but it's yep. the other thing is you you talked about the hardtop. Is it all only OEM hardtops allowed now, or OEM style? Because there can't be that many. Left. Yeah, it's it's only OEM hardtops. There is a rule that says you can use aftermarket if they're the same size, shape, and weight, which does not exist. Um. That is something I'm kind of hoping I'm pushing for them to change to update to allow uh, aftermarket tops. Now that's going to open a bit of a can of worms for those super, super top teams that are like, you know, we're going to take the 10 pounds off the roof and now put it on the passenger floor and it's going to make us way faster. So it's definitely going to open that up and it has to be dealt with in some way, but it's, you know, that's, that's a bit of an issue. But at the same time, like, so a hard top is they went from being $800 a couple of years ago to now, I mean, they're still only like 2,500 bucks or 2,000 really expensive ones are 25. I can, you could find them for like 15 to 17. So grand scheme, like next to an S 2000 hard top or like, like a BMW hard top for a convertible. It's not that much, but they're not, they're certainly not the seven, $800 they used to be. Yeah. But they probably made a million more Miata hardtops than S2000 hardtops. Oh, yeah, for sh- for sure. <laughs> yeah. Which is, you know, thankfully it's in our favor that there's a lot. And we definitely have the lion chair versus the streetcar people, I feel like. Oh, yeah, yeah. I It's a it's a luxury item for a Miata to drive around on the street <laughs> with a hardtop. One of you guys would probably steal yeah. it if they I, saw them, so. They... They as they've grown in value, people have like updated their defenses on them now, like <laughs> the way they're bolted on. Because you know it's it's a hard top. It's four latches. You could take. I could steal one in like fifteen seconds, and unfortunately, they do get stolen a lot. So yeah. there's all sorts of security latches now. And when I had a street Miata with one, I just had it bolted with like different fasteners in each corner. Right. So it would take me like two minutes because I knew exactly what I used. But if someone tried to get it, I thought it'd be easier. <laughs> You do what you got to do. I I just can't. Yep. Yeah. I, the problem with opening up the hard top is going to be the shape more than the weight. Because folks are going to get, they're going to do the Mugen style slick back tops. 
and they'd be like, oh, look. Oh, yeah, well, like, I imagine if they do change the rule, and it makes sense, obviously, like, it would be, like, exact, or, like, a almost exact stock looks, like, have, like, those NASCAR-style body templates or something you could, like, you could put on it to make sure they're they're the same shape and curvature or whatnot. Because, oh, yeah, I mean, there's there's some people that have gone and tested, like, A to B and, like, tested the fastbacks and all different shapes and it makes a huge difference like a track like Watkins Glen we even tested because technically hard tops for us are optional we don't need to run a hard top um, but at a track like Watkins Glen it's like eight or nine miles an hour into the bus stop oh wow so it's having the hard top is huge and then I have to look at his tests again uh that Ian uh Korf with the he did a test where he went to the Glen and was back-to-back with a fastback. And the fastback, I have to look, but I think it was another, like, seven or eight miles an hour oh. over just our stock, our stock hard top. It was like, wow. Yeah. It's not yeah. a very aerodynamic car as is. No. No, it's not. So, there's, uh, there's junkyard motors, junkyard transmissions, there's built motors, there's built transmissions. But to me why Miata is the answer is the cheap consumables. You guys chew up tires. Your guys are pretty light overall. You don't chew up tires. You don't seem too hard on brakes. Though you're on factory size brakes. There's no nothing to buy, right? Mm-hmm. You're aren't, aren't you on nope. a spec brake pad? No, not spec brake pad, but factory brakes. The the newer cars, the 01, 05 actually have to downgrade to the smaller brakes. Oh, okay. Um, of of my generation, um, yeah, stock, and even with my brakes, the fronts I go through two sets of pads a, a season, and that's doing a full entire season with practice days. In what pad? Um, and the rears, oh man, what pad are we you do running? The a popular setup. I do Hawk DTC sixties up front and thirties in the rear. Okay. And the rears, oh man, I had a set go three years once, like they. They, they last. And with, with like Hawkbox pe- contingencies, I, I, I have to see how much money I spent on brake pads in the last 10 years, but it has not been much. How many, it's like how many rotors? 30 are to $50 going? a year. I do rotors. Sometimes I do it every year because they're like $17 a piece. Um, I've gone two years before, but then they start to taper a little bit. But it's, they, they last forever. It's, it's wild. And what are what's the weight on this car? On on the NANBs, the, what do they need to weigh? So the NA, the one point six cars are twenty two seventy five. Mm-hmm. Uh, twenty four hundred is the middle cars, and the the newest one they just raised it to twenty four fifty, I think. Wow, because I, I run my, I ran my Honda Challenge car with DTC sixties at twenty five hundred pounds. And it was murdering front rotors. And I was going through pads really? well, yeah, every I mean, other event. Oh, God. Well, how much so How much horsepower is that? Is that 200-ish at the wheel? 190 at the wheel. So, I mean, we're, I mean, that, we're hitting big, pretty big that's speeds. That's a big difference. <laughs> but it was just... Yeah. It was, I mean, you guys on track are so fast. Um, I... I I guess the the speed differential does help, but it must make a huge difference because in our case, I don't recommend DTC-60s to anyone. 
They just really no. Yeah, no, they're perfectly adequate for us. I mean, okay. there's guys that run the G locks and like them. To me, they're just too much money, and betting them is like a like a 15 step process. Oh yeah, <laughs> hard pass. Uh, yeah. No, maybe it's just I mean your your speed, and depending on how much arrow you have, like we have no arrow allowed. Right. Um, but our corner speeds are generally the same or faster. I want to say, so we don't have to slow down as much for several like we don't, we're not as high in the, going into a corner and we don't have to even go as low so it's they're perfectly adequate for us we shouldn't have lower corner speeds it should be the same or slightly higher than you guys but all right so i have a couple people to call out then yeah there's a few <laughs> there's a few local guys i gotta call out name names <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to. I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. I I I love my Honda Challenge crew. Jim, Jim. They're all saying they're all yelling that right now. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it I it the spec me out of build is so simple, and that's why it's the answer. It's simple. They're easy on equipment. That's really the reason it's the answer. But it's highlighted because you guys have big fields and the common theme on this podcast is when you have a big field, you have to always have somebody to race, which always makes you have to get faster. Got to chase the guy in front of you. Got to <laughs> run from the guy behind you. Right. If you're in a class yeah. that has two cars, it's hard. There's no motivation. You know, when you're in a 20 yeah. car field, that's a lot of motivation. When you go to, you don't even have to go. You can race spec me out in your region and then watch nationals on YouTube or on wherever and hear how much money is on the line for spec Miata, And that will help motivate you to go to the next one. Yeah. Cause nationally, it's man, while they throw around the, for those. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding? And they're like, that's what happens when you have 90 cars. I don't even want to do that. That's, <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. You just have to get in the top 10. Because I think it's been like a yeah. couple of years in a row that the top seven are all thrown out because they all got disqualified. <laughs> it, it is absolutely, uh, it didn't happen often, but it has happened. It was a plunge gate. It was a huge engine conspiracy when the SCCA races. No, it definitely happened had, at Coda. Axel for NASA. That was a uh, top two, I believe. That was for the for axle axle modifications. Yeah, there's. I, see, so the cool thing about, and here's the reason I like a spec class is like, if if you're racing in a builder's class and someone's faster than you, you're like, all right, what can I do to my car now? How can I optimize my car to get around that person? For us, it's like, well, I have a good alignment. My car is prepped. So I guess I just have to drive better. Like that's kind of all that's left, you know, driving better and maybe your tires are fresher or less fresh, but there's not that many factors aside from you. So it's, it's hard to point a finger at an issue. It's not, unless you're pointing at yourself, which is why I kind of like it. Cause it's, it saves me the excuse of spending money. It's like, you know, if I could try this spring rate or if I could try these valve springs to help me do a little better, you know, I would kind of feel forced to do that. But with us, it's like, well, I guess I got to do another track day to practice, which is the whole reason I do this. So it works out. That's that's my 
my dilemma, but I still blame myself, right? So in Honda Challenge, <laughs> I have the world's my oyster. I can I can do almost anything I really want. I mean, not to my eighth gen, but in general, the rules are pretty loose for us. But this last yep. week, this last weekend racing, I was just like, uh, my car is terrible. It feels terrible. I'm driving it terrible, but I'm, it also feels terrible. It's like it's hard to drive, so it's making me drive worse. Yeah. But I made all the decisions. I made all the changes. It's all my fault, you know. Now you guys don't have to spend money. It's double deprecating, right? <laughs> but you guys don't have to spend the money to. <laughs> my car sucks and my driving sucks. Yeah. You just go <laughs> yeah. work on the driving. I have to go unscrew up the stuff I messed up and then also work on myself. So it's a yeah. little touchy. See, we walk around the paddock and it's like, it's like, man, my car feels like crap. Does your car feel like crap? It does. All right, cool. It's the track this weekend. It's not me. Yeah. You know, there's, there's one guy who's the opposite. I'm like, how's your car feeling? It feels terrible. I'm like, shit, he's fast this weekend. <laughs> the worse this guy's car feel, the better he drives that weekend. He's like kind of my biggest rival here. Okay. So he, he's trying, trying the reverse psychology on you. I, I think so. Or maybe he's just like, if maybe he's that clue. I don't know. Paul, I'm coming for you this year. All right. You're not going to beat me again this year. <laughs> uh Oh, uh Oh, hopefully he listens. Give me his Instagram name. Nah, so he, when we, he doesn't listen to podcasts. We publish this. I'll call him out <laughs> on Instagram and be like, he got dropped. So. Uh, yeah. No, I have a whole list of people to call out. I got to beat Rob Casella again. Okay. You know, Chris Graham, he helped me a lot this year. Gave me a lot of really good pushes. I'm going to beat him too. I mean, if um, he's pushing he's you, going he's going to lose. I, we can go all day. Yeah. You got 20 <laughs> cars. I mean, yeah. Come on. <laughs> So I wanted to sort of get into the pros and cons. We've, we've done the, the pros, sort of. It's low cost. It's highly efficient to run, you know, low consumables. I think one of the big bonuses for Miatas is you can sprint race them with a big field and be very successful. But if you get that hair to go endurance racing, they're, the gr they're a great endurance racing car. And I think people mm -hmm. underestimate that. And the other thing is always the huge fields that you guys cover or you guys have. Then those are the really big pros. But what cons do you have for racing Spec Miata? Oh, man. That's a... So, I mean, I am a incredibly biased flag bearer of this class. So as, I have as a hard time even thinking of cons. I mean... Here, all right, here's the cons. When you have a Miata on an open deck trailer on the way to the racetrack, no one cares. <laughs> I'm not getting smiles and waves from kids. I'm getting nothing. And then my dad has a vintage Dodge Charger. And if I put that on my trailer and I went around the block, I have people waving me down. It's like, oh, man, like, yes, this car is really cool, but my, my Miata's cool too. <laughs> um, so that's a bit of a con. Um, uh, trying to think what like so I've gotten to a level and I've heard this similarly from other other racers I've gotten to a level of driving where like maybe we're just so used to driving while touching other cars that like it's not as much fun as an HPDE car as I feel like a lot of other cars because we don't have that power in a race when there's t 30 of us or 20 of us it, it, you know it doesn't matter how much horsepower if we had 50 horsepower if all of us have 50 horsepower it's great 
Um, but on an open track day, it's a little bit. I would like another 50 horsepower. Um, you know, give me a K swap for that. But uh, so that, as far as other cons for the class, I mean, I, I honestly don't think it's that much stuff. I used to be bothered by, like the our cost of our engines being pretty high. Like I look around, it's like all racing has that too. Like, so that's that's I ha I don't have a lot for you. It's not that. Every, here's my con. Every time you see Dylan, he's going to go, Jim! That's my con for Spec Miata. <laughs> so, maybe you can debunk some of the ones I have. I don't think oh, you guys... Yes. There's a bunch of fake... Oh, fake news? You want to debunk my fake news on the, oh, this... on what's terrible? There's so many that's... fake ones. I'll, okay. I'll do those. If, if you don't get them, I have a few for you. Okay, awesome. Let's go for it. All right, all right. So, um, there can't be many of these cars left. So, in in Honda challenges going through this right now, the the golden era Hondas, the the nineties to two thousand Hondas, they're they're all used up, engines, transmissions, knuckles. Luckily for you, here's another plus: Mazda does a good job supporting Spec Miata. So I don't know if they're still steel stamping fenders oh, and things like that. But they're not many tubs. They, they are. Left. It's amazing. So, and as we alluded to earlier, they're getting more expensive. Everything's getting more expensive, but I I don't think they're you guys are that far away, depending on how Mazda really supports you, to running out of tubs. Mm -hmm. Now I know you have two in your garage because you collect them, and now you're trying to breed <laughs> them, right? You have yep. the black one over here and the white one over there, and you're trying to make. Exactly. new miatas gray happen, ones right gray ones yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> that would be it that, yeah yeah uh, i mean that's what it is i collect strays <laughs> um you're 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 not wrong in the slightest these cars are aging uh my biggest concern is that there's not even a successor really there's not like a obvious car to move into after yes. these all dry up yeah um I don't think we're there right now. I think there are so many of them. Uh, I still think there's a lot left in the world. Uh, for, kind of for the same reasons I mentioned before, like a lot of these cars sat in garages. You'll still drive around town and see like an old lady's garage doors open and there's a Miata in it. So they're around. Yes, they're drying up. Um, parts are still pretty plentiful. I mean, we don't break much. We don't use much. So it's like, I don't need to have 20 control arms. Granted, I do, but because they're so cheap. But we don't really need to blast through those. Um, engines are becoming an issue. Thankfully, we don't blow them up much, but they used to be $400. Um, used to, we'd get like the containers from Japan all the time. Right. That doesn't seem to happen anymore. Nope. So yeah, we're we're starting to go through junkyards. The engines you see for sale are, you know, 1,200 needs rebuild versus you know 500 low miles um so that's that's a thing but i think we still got plenty of years left i hope it, i think i think for <laughs> mazda for... is yeah mazda's making a ton of parts mazda's still making stuff it's which is fantastic they ha give us killer contingencies uh when you race them you get this little like in to buy parts directly from their mazda, their motorsports department right which is cool because some of it's like really well priced and helpful stuff, but yeah, we've got issues coming. Not here yet. Honda Challenge said that not that long ago. 
and COVID <laughs> happened. Yeah. And now we have a different, it, our environment's a little different. Nobody is, I don't say nobody. Few people are taking Miatas and turning them into drag cars. Few people hot boy them as much as civics, you know, on the street. So, yeah, they used up a lot of parts pretty quickly. Road racers were definitely doing their fair share. Um, but it happened like overnight when the container stopped coming yeah. from Japan during COVID. The price of engines and transmissions went wild. Yeah. And uh, it's basically, I, it was a little rare before COVID. Things were getting a little rare. And then since then, oh man, it's out of control. <laughs> And I think that's going to be a problem. So here's my question. Is it coming back? No. Is it going to come back now that... No? The, yeah. The the claims that were made that the JDM junkyards are all dried up seem to be holding out. Mm-hmm. If they're not holding out, the cool. vendors are still holding on to those high prices. Dude, the high prices are the worst. Like, I'm horrified when I see, like an EK selling for 50 grand because it's got like 5,000 miles because I grew up as like a muscle car house. Right. So I was right at the age where I was like getting my license when prices went that as crazy. When like, you know, you could get a cool muscle car for a couple grand and all of a sudden it was like $60,000. So my dreams of owning a muscle car in high school went from like, all right, to like, you can get like an 80s muscle car maybe Ugh. like it just it just disappeared because prices went stupid and they haven't come down yeah i really don't want our cars i saw it was on reddit somebody put up like here's my civic with like numbers matching engine and i was just like oh my god i haven't seen like numbers matching used since like muscle cars when prices went nuts so i'm afraid that that's gonna hurt all of us really um i I haven't seen like $60,000 Miatas or street stock street Miatas. Um, so I hope we never do, but we'll see. Yeah. But we all have to, or the, we all have to deal with. Hopefully you don't. Cause there's, there has to be other yeah. cars for the street that would take their place. Like the BRZ FRS, the S two thousands already yeah, exactly. out out to lunch. It's that thing's so expensive. Yeah. Um, well, they never made enough. Yeah. So the other one I have is, and maybe I'm wrong still is we talked about the, the hard tops and sourcing them. That can be a little pricey. Mm-hmm. I personally believe that a seven to 10,000 or $9,000 spec engine is an awful expensive way to go racing. Because how long does it take for them to wear out? So, I, I have I am a data set of one. When I bought my car, it had been super used up, and the the previous owner, about a year a year before I bought it, ran it without oil or something and blew it up. So the guy that was prepping it for him uh, put a junkyard engine in it. Done. Took it out of a junkyard. Apparently, put it in the car. 
he said he like took the head off and looked at it, it was good so he put it back in i ran that exact engine for five years and i'm not very kind to engines now i changed the oil i put rotella in it every like two or three events uh I have overheated that motor a couple times. I have money shifted it literally like every event, every other event for years. Like it has been money shifted dozens of times. It was, I can't believe it still runs. Um, and then I was lucky enough to get on the compliance dyno right before I pulled it for the new motor that I currently have. And after five full years of racing, I ran out of oil one time. I don't know how, but I did. Uh, overheated twice, dozen money shifts. It still made 115 horsepower on the compliance dyno. Okay. Uh, my current engine makes 126 or 125 ish. So you're 10 horsepower down. And I raced with that for five years and I had the time of my life for five years. So like, it's not like a, so the spec M the NC, these it's like MX five X. It's the new class they're pushing. Right. That's never going to get off the ground. Um, that, those cars you need to buy a spec head to race. Our cars you don't, and that's the big difference. Like, yes, a pro motor is $7,000, but you don't need that to compete, especially with a 25-car field. Like, you're going to have to work harder to get on the podium, but we would have weekends where, like, we would look at our, like, our signups, or, like, we'd look at qualifying, and it's like, of 20 people here, 10, like 10 of these people can be on the, like, I'll bet money on 10 of them to be on the podium. Like 15 could theoretically do it, but it's a safe bet that any one of these 10 will get on that podium this weekend. So it's still close, even with a mismatch of like pro motors. This guy's just got a good head. So a head's like 1500 to two grand. So, I mean, I think that's any type of racing's like that. I mean, what's a built motor and Honda challenge? Like what's a built H2 motor? We don't build them. Well, it's most or, uh, 95%. We don't build them either. I got you. No, no, 95% <laughs> of us don't run built motors. Yeah. We run okay. straight from JDM land. We go to the importer, buy the engine, throw it in the yeah. car. It's the most reliable. It it does help for H2 that we have yeah. we have horsepower caps. So most of the engines need to be we tune them and then we we get them all as jazzed up as they can be. And then we flatten out the curves. We detune most of the engines because the horsepower caps are low enough. So we're fortunate there. That's cool. Um, I think, uh, what did I do with my Integra engine? I I put valve springs in it and I didn't have to remove the head to do it. So, um, yeah, you know, fill it full air, pull it, throw the new one on, keep going right yeah and and that was just a just in case i money shifted it to sort of help float (laughs) if it happens so yeah the inevitability of what happens well i mean that engine i ran it for two and a half years then i sold it to a guy who does chump car and he put i don't know 60 hours plus on the engine before the car burned down the car burned down (laughs) and he's he's like i love this engine i can't wait to get my next shell and I'm like, go for it, man. Oh, sweet. He pulled it out. Yeah. Very well. That's great. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Let's. So, yeah. I mean, my, like, yeah, the engine sucks. I hate it, but it's, or you could be like me and I found such a good deal on a used engine. It was cheaper than I was going to pay for head work. 
on my own and like just a refresh. I was like, all right, done. <laughs> like drop it in. It was much below seven grand. Okay. I mean, much less than half of that. So it worked out well. You, everybody's got to look for deals. I don't care what class we're racing. You got to look for yeah. deals. Um, Hell yeah. I don't care if you have a- kind of the nice thing about like with 19 million spec me out of racers out there. Right. You're going to have those people that run an engine for like two or three years and kind of move on. Yeah. They have no need to, but they just want to because money is no object or their plans change and they built a new chassis. So it's like, I will, I will take that. <laughs> like to me, that's got, to me, that's a new engine. Like it's just being broken in. So sweet. Yeah. I know some of the guys in our region, they don't like to run those built, built the, <laughs> the spec motor more than two years. So they're probably rinsing them out pretty quickly or sending them out to be like rerun and stuff. So tell us. Yeah. No, I know by us. I don't think anyone does it. <laughs> does that? Oh yeah. Oh, sometimes they pretend we have money down here. I don't know. Tell us some of the <laughs> uh, fake news stuff that you you think. All right. Comes up. This one will never. This one won't die, and I keep on hearing it. We spec Miatas have a four quart. We run four quarts of oil. I've heard this again and again that we actually run two quarts of oil to be less restriction on the windage with the, on the crank to give us another horsepower or two. Yeah. That sounds smart. This is, yeah, that's not true either. <laughs> like I, ca- I heard that when I got in the spec Miata or when I was considering it and I was like, Oh, I don't want to do that. And apparently like the rumor is still going, but I mean, I guess there's a chance that someone does that and then they like throw their like motors away all the time. But I don't hear that happening. And like, I've, I've seen engines from the top, top, top guys get put up for sale after a couple of years and then run for several more years. So it's not like it, it just can't be happening. No, it's, it's like, like I, I think that's just a dirty rumor. Yeah. You can, you can run it thinner. Maybe it's so that, that horsepower is minimal, less than a yeah. horsepower if you're doing yeah, that. And then there's the, and the risk is too high. Yep. So that's a ridiculous yeah. rumor. Maybe and maybe this will bite me, but like, I just run Rotella. I mean, I run I run T six because I'm fancy now. I used to run T five or T four. There's a lot of people out there. Oh, you got to run, you know, Schaefer racing oil or this racing oil, and I I don't want to spend what is it eighty bucks for an oil change every two events. I'm cool dropping my oil every two events and spending twenty five. Like, I'm happy to do that. Yeah. I'm not, I'm guilty of spending too much on that, but <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't want to like diff trans. I don't, I don't do them very often. We're, we're lucky. We don't have to do that. Yeah. I don't, I'm trying to quit. I'm, this is how I'm cheap. Okay. So my engine in my car is like 2000 bucks. Okay. Much cheaper than your built engine, but I will put a hundred dollars worth of four and a half quarts of oil in it i'll do it and i'll still change it every two events it kind of sounds like you're the smarter one here actually (laughs) well i i I used to run rotella in my non-vtech engines when they were like 300 bucks a pop Mm -hmm. yeah all day yeah well 
And you guys have a lot more going on. I mean, you have VTech and stuff. Like, we do have VVT in, in the newer, the last couple of years. I don't have that. I mean, I consider these things like tractor engines. They're, like, not super efficient. They don't have tiny little oil passages. You know, grant, we, ha we do have hydraulic lifters that make a ton of noise, but it's not, like, a problem mm. if they're loud. So, yeah, I just let them go. I'm trying to think what any other rumors are, the other ones are, but that's the primary rumor. I mean... The two quarts is is the hilarious one that's yeah always persisting yeah I we run overfill I run overfill on my engine I run a half a quart high yeah, I mean honestly I do too because I don't want it to go, <laughs> I don't exactly want it to starve do, actually you know um yeah it, here's a question See, ours don't starve but we burn enough oil that I don't want to lose it <laughs> like I don't want to forget to check it yeah, yeah and have my oil lights start flashing mid race so. Here's something that I missed probably at the beginning. Do you guys have a baffled oil pan or is it the car naturally because the engine's supposed to be where it was and originally and it was designed as a roadster? Is it, do they run fine? Do they not starve for oil? Uh, let's see. I have a multi-part answer. Um, what I've heard and I'm not, I, I'm not confirming this, but I've heard our engines actually a converted longitudinal engine like engine that they they turn the the proper way, um, but no, we don't have issues with oil starvation whatsoever. Um, we don't have to add a baffle. It's it's good as it is. Okay. Um, I have the engine I mentioned earlier that I ran out of oil. I mean that thing had probably a quart and a half of oil left in it as I filled it back up, and it ran for three more events before I pulled it out in an already planned pull like it and it still runs it's on the shelf it's over there in the corner of the garage as my like backup if i do something silly with the current engine okay so let's get out your crystal ball it's on the shelf behind you <laughs> and uh what do you think the future holds for spec miata you said they're pushing an nc class my kid brother has one mm -hmm. as a street car. I would be miserable yep. getting in and out of that as a race car. Miserable. <laughs> like I thought Miatas well, were I bad. Mean, cool. Like the the spec cars. <laughs> you think the NC is worse? Oh, man, I don't know. I, I guess it depends on his cage. He doesn't have a cage in it. Yeah, that, I would. I mean, I would require a cage to get out. But then I, how high can you put the yeah, door yeah. bars? Because <laughs> Their roof line you is need so scaffolding crazy. to get out. Yeah, yeah. We we have a very specific entry and exit way. I haven't gotten in and out of an NC car. I, I guess I need to to really test it out. Um, but yes, so that that class is there's a lot of support behind it. Uh, it's MX5. It's SMX Spec Miata X or something to some extent. Um, it's got some good stuff going on about it. I mean, they're newer cars, but they just don't have the volume that we have. I mean, it's 15 years of eligible cars that are all balanced to be pretty even. That's I don't think that has ever happened before, and I don't think it can ever happen again. I don't want to sound like I'm in love with it, but it's just kind of the, the stars align to make it spec me out a good thing. Um, well, I mean, that that's in 2002, how much do you think a Miata cost? You know what I'm saying? Like... What was it at worst? Yeah, eight grand could, in two thousand. The shiniest one you could. Yeah, and that was for a ninety. Or you can go to a Mazda dealer and buy a brand new one still, and go race it. Yeah, but even in two thousand and two, uh, it wasn't over twenty grand, was it? For a Miata? No. Yeah, used ones. 
I, I don't think so. I mean, that, I was in middle, I was in a freshman in high school, but <laughs> oh, children, the, the, <laughs> the NC is the future of motorsports is the problem is going to be this new shift in how much cars are because the barrier to entry is now doubled everywhere. If you wanted to buy a thousand dollar car, it's a $2,000 car. If you wanted to buy a $10,000 car, it's probably 20. Cars hold value better. Yes. And so that's going to be the, I honestly think that's going to be the biggest thing to overcome. I I think the barrier is, it's more a barrier of complication on modern cars than even that. I mean, granted the complications driving a lot of the price difference too, but new cars are too good. There's too many driver aids. There's too many. It like that's to me is going to be the killer. Like my car is behind me. There's like nothing on it. There's like six wires that go from the front to the back. There's, I can replace anything in 10 minutes. As cars get better, they get softer in spots. They get harder in spots. I mean, we didn't talk about it, but one of the best things about Spec Miata, and I mean, I'm leaning into Spec Pinata here, but our cars crash so well. Like our bumpers, front rear bumpers, like it's hardy. It's super hardy. Like you, these cars can take a hit as small as they are. Uh, they're kind of designed to save your life if you get hit by a pickup truck on the street. And that makes them easier to bang into each other on track, which makes them, if you're doing HPDE and you hit a wall in a Miata, nine times out of 10, you just limp to the spec Miata guys. We'll pull out our, you know, spec hammers. We'll get you back on track for the next session. Like, Meanwhile, if you crash a modern car, you hit all the crumple zones, you waste half your control arms. It like, you know, granted it's designed to save you, but even more sacrificially at the car. Cars are designed softer now. They're more fragile now, even though they're way more heavy. Yeah. Um, I think that's almost yeah. going to kill it more than anything else with modern cars. I know in the 8th gen, disabling... VSA, but keeping ABS and then doing all this stuff. Uh, it, it was a, I don't want to say it was a crapshoot, but it took some time in the manual to go, okay, this touches this, but it doesn't go to the same computer. So while it may use that sensor, it's not, it's not needed to operate. And I can't imagine on yeah. something even newer than, you know, my 2007. It's got to be really bad. Especially when you have... Yeah, you, know, you have like CAN bus now. and I, yeah. I have CAN bus, but that was easy. Oh, Leave yes, that alone. Do. Oh, okay. <laughs> you, you don't touch that. <laughs> yeah, easy. Don't touch. Don't touch the HCMI cable. Right. Leave it where it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unplug other stuff, but don't touch that, right? Yeah. Um. <laughs> but, I mean... They, they come from the factory with adaptive cruise control. You can you think of all the stuff you have to disable or remove. Oh yeah. It, it, it's going to be, it's going to be a little weird. Um, what, what the, the lightning lap results just came out for one of the car magazines and God, what was it? I think it was the Hyundai that kept calling the police because they were going <laughs> fast over curbs and it thought they were crashing. <laughs> So I got to look at it. They they wrote in there, like, I know GM cars have, like, traditionally called OnStar if you hit a curb going too fast. Right. But these things just straight up called the police. And they said, like, the sheriff showed up to the track 
and was like, you must disable this now or stop running the car. Stop calling us. <laughs> yeah, hard pass. I wouldn't even use that on the, as yeah. a streetcar. So I know. Good luck disabling it, though. <laughs> oh, I'll just hold on to my old stuff. I don't think I want to go past mm. what I own right now. So I'm kind of there, man. That's why my daily driver is 220,000 or 205,000 miles. Yeah. It'll, it'll keep running. Just keep putting oil in it. It's fine. Yeah. Zephyr just did my trans for me, so I'm good. Oh, on the eighth gen? Yep. Did you, uh, drop the subframe or did you pull it out of the top? God, if I knew what I know now, I would have probably pulled it out the top. <laughs> but I dropped the subframe, but I did everything in the wrong order. Yeah. And it was a nightmare to come out. And it's a, you know, it's not a race car. I'm used to working on race cars where everything's been out. It's a street car, so everything was rusted and everything I touched broke. And yeah, you still little have, hoses you still have air conditioning and, and, and stuff like that. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. And now my motor mounts are shot. It's, it's a lot. Oh, they were shot before. <laughs> you just loosen them up one time and now they're unbound so i tried the washer trick if you are aware of it yes it helps for like a week yeah it won't i can't do burnouts it sounds like the motor's gonna punch me if i do burnouts (laughs) and that's why i own cars (laughs) to do burnouts my kids will disown me if i don't fix it nice yeah oh god i we all love them (laughs) yeah that's a that's awesome that's awesome i (laughs) my uh brother-in-law nephews they get in my pickup truck i have a tundra and uh, on occasion, on occasion, we'll be on an overpass. And because uh, I live in the country, so we'll get on an overpass going over the the local highway. And there'll be chance of burn out, burn out, burn out. <laughs> and yeah. I may or may not have done that before. I've got a, yeah. Well, it's like my kid's daycare. Um, I'm in New Jersey, but I pull out and the street right in front of the daycare is actually uh, Mexico. And... I pull out They're right next to each and other. My two year old goes, Yeah, yeah, right next to each other. My, my two year old starts yelling, Go fast, go fast, go fast. <laughs> so I borrow, my parents have a, a cha- an RT Challenger. Okay. It's like the 360 horsepower. It's a track pack. It's a stick. It's all these things. When they were in that car with me, they didn't care that that car did zero to 60 in whatever seconds because they didn't feel it and they didn't hear it because the car is fast, but it's smooth. In the Civic, it's like, loud and it's shaky and you know the song that is VTech happens they love it they they giggle hysterically so it's you know not sorry I'm, I know you're supposed no. to be the Miata podcast and I'm turning it back into Honda Challenge here but uh, everything reverts back it's fine it's the center of my universe yeah, so. no but it's it's good yep. to hear you know, that you're raising your children properly you have to start the oh Miata. absolutely Anybody who's made it this we far went to in. Watkins Glen with them. Yeah, bring them yeah. to the track. We went to Watkins Glen, and the ch- the chant was, do a burnout, 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 every time I was in the car with them. So then we left Watkins Glen, and now they that's where they picked it up. They love it. <laughs> it's yeah. like, there's stripes in front of my house from people visiting. So my kids, hopefully they'll love it. You know, I'm not going to force them into any of this, but I'm definitely trying to raise them right, I'm trying to you know introduce them. Yeah, something responsible but still fun mm-hmm. yeah yep well do you have any save shots on spec miata anything else you want to cover any, the, the what any anything else you want to cover about spec no, miata? I'm... 
No, I mean, just uh, come race spec Miata. I mean, they're easy to rent. Just rent one. If, if All right, here, I'll come back. I'll swing back. When your Honda's broken, you know, maybe you can't get an axle in time, or, you know, then just rent the spec Miata for a weekend and come play with us. <laughs> come, come have a little fun. Um, we've converted, we haven't converted any, many Honda people, but we have a lot of like the ST, a lot of ST people, you know, get tired of borrowing against their inheritance and their retirement. (laughs) So then they come and race with us and then they're like, I don't even care that it's cheaper. I'm having 20 times more fun and I'm like spending 20 times less. Like this is amazing. If a spec Miata rev to 9,000 RPMs, you might have me. Mine revs to nine thousand RPMs. I'll show you how. <laughs> Once, you can't do you can't do it often, right? But it, it will, it will. My Honda Challenge car goes to nine thousand before I shift every gear. So oh, there's something I, about it. I love it. Something about it. I, and I didn't under I didn't know that. I wouldn't have believed you or understood you until I owned a K20 myself. Yeah, but I hear you. Don't. If you still have balanced shaft pumps in yours, don't go to nine thousand. Often, no, it's 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 bone stock. My car, so oh, that's good. It's still good. Bone stock. Yep. <laughs> All right. So, where can people find you in No Money Motorsports? So the primary place is going to be my website, uh, nomoneymotorsports.com. Uh, Check it out. I've got posts. I mean, you've mentioned it's a lot of spec Miata stuff. At just like this podcast, like I tried to keep it track days in general and racing in general, but it, it comes back to spec Miata a lot. But I do have a lot of like go on go on track posts there and pages. You could also find me on Instagram. No underscore money. No underscore motorsports. What is it? No underscore. No money motorsports blog <laughs> with a bunch of underscores in it. Uh, so there's that, uh, or just find me at the track. I mean, I do essentially the whole NASA Northeast schedule every year. I desperately want to come down and do some mid Atlantic days. I really want well, to come to Hyperfest. Point, then I want to go to, <laughs> I, know, I want to go to Hyperfest. I want to just do VIR. I want to do Red Atlanta. So my long-term goal is to just buy an RV or even a schoolie and convert it myself and just do like a first do like an East coast tour of like racing and track days, then go out West and do it. But as of now it's, you know, the Northeast, I usually run the full schedule. Awesome. Uh, and that's where to find me. Yeah. Also, or, or any of the Facebook pages, the big track day Facebook pages, you can see me arguing with people that spend too much money. (laughs) You can, you can, you can find me there. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, rumor is he makes a mean pizza. So you're going to have to find that out. Yeah. And he plays with a torch while he does it. So, it might be a great spectacle. <laughs> um, I definitely saw. Well, I saw a, a short six... from NASA Northeast, so uh, it was cool. Yeah, they, they they put that up today. Yeah, yeah. The uh, it, a, a five hundred dollar pizza oven is not very no money, but a twenty dollar torch from Harbor Freight right. so is. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I think that'll do it. Thanks a lot for coming on. Awesome. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's a great talk. Until next time, keep working on yourself, keep working on the car, and let's get faster.